Okay, guys, we are here in uh, not the Bat Cave. We're in a much larger cave that's open and in front of a giant river known as the Zambezi River. And uh, we have a couple of guests here today, and we are actually in Zambia. So <laughs> things are a little bit different here. This is not our orthodox, um, you know, office space as uh, our little crammed area is. <laughs> I feel a little more free out here. But uh, we have Jack and Amber here with us. Yeah. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're great. We're good. Don't forget to talk a little bit closer to the mic. You'll hear yourself in it and then you'll, uh, you'll know when you're there. Um, we are currently in the middle of doing a mission trip with you guys with our team one, team fire, and uh, just came back from around one in the bush. And uh, we have been wanting to do a podcast with you guys um, for a while now, and uh, we are pretty stoked. And we just want to ask you guys questions about why you guys started Trail Missions, because I think people know about it, kind of. They kind of know what we do, mm-hmm. but they don't really know the story behind it. So I think this would be a really cool podcast to just share the story behind how we came to be, or not how we, but like how Trail Missions came to be and mm-hmm. what your guys' story is behind it, because I think if people find out about what you guys do and more people hear about this kind of stuff, like teams are going to load up quick. Because we had, we had 80 people that were going to come last year, yeah. and then COVID happened, and now we have about 50 going. Um, but that was coming off of about like 20, 25 people from the year before. So we're at like a rate that's pretty much doubling, tripling yeah. at this point, which is pretty crazy. So if that's, if that's what's anticipated for next year, we might look at doubling up teams, which would be maybe Beautiful. like two at a time, which would be kind of crazy. Um, so we pray there's more <laughs> leaders that are trained for <laughs> exactly. that because we don't have enough right now. So if you're listening to this and you want to be a leader in Zambia, come live here. It'd be great. Um, but yeah, so uh, we just want to uh, give you guys the mic and just kind of share who you are and just kind of share a little bit about yourselves and then how Trail Missions kind of came to be. Yeah, um, so I'm Jack and that's my beautiful wife, Ember. Hi. <laughs> yeah, we're the founders of Trail Missions. Uh, we've been doing ministry in the western part of Zambia for the last six years. So Trail Mission was birthed in 2015. Mm. So they launched the ministry and... Uh, you know, one day we're just praying and, and seeking the Lord for direction and guidance. Yeah. Western province, one of the poorest provinces in Zambia. If you go to provinces like Lusaka or Livingston, you'll probably find close to 40, 50 mission organizations. Mm. And nobody wants to come to Western Zambia because of the rough terrain, the bad roads. And it's just so hard to get to these people. So my wife and I were praying before the Lord say, you know what? I want you to reach these people. I wanted to go where nobody else wants to go. I wanted to reach the unreached, you know, and he woke me up around 4 a.m. He says, I want you to call the ministry trail missions because you will be walking and driving on these trails to reach these people. Mm. You know, and that's pretty much how trail missions came into place was through that, you know, a desire to reach these people in Western province. When did you guys become an organization? Like, when did you guys start? So 2014 is where the whole thing started, you know, coming into um, in the picture, I guess. And then 2015, we officially launched it. Okay. And how did you guys land the spot? Like, you guys literally sit on the Zambezi River. Like, we get to watch the sunset every single night, and this is like paradise. Yeah. It's actually guys- a little distracting doing the podcast with a beautiful sunset right now. Yeah. But oh well. <laughs> Forget that. Yeah, whatever. Just stupid pod, stupid sunset. <laughs> get out of our way. <laughs> so, you want to share? Did- um, no, this piece of land was just a God gift. Mm. Um, we showed up one day to the chief of the land. He owns the land here, so he gives it to people. And so Jack says, mm. hey, we want to 
do something in this part of the country sometime. Let's go ask the chief for land. So we show up and they speak in Lozi for like all day long. And I just watch looking this way <laughs> and that way, not knowing what they're saying. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, uh, the chief says, I like your wife. I'm like, I didn't talk the whole time. Hmm. And then he says, I have the perfect piece of land. And I'm thinking, okay, somewhere in the middle, anywhere. And he takes us to a white sand beach place of property that is like the most beautiful place I've ever seen. I'm like, you didn't yeah. know that you could ever own a white sand beach, but God. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, and I think as much as, you know, I feel the property actually has quite a pool with these missionaries. Yeah. Yes, they love 100% the ministry and everything that happens, but I think the beauty also kind of wants them to come back because, like, look at this, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. It's a prime vacation spot. It really is. And you guys have a camp that's attached to this as well, right? Yeah, so we have another property next to the mission base that we, we bought a, uh, a campground. So and people you guys can, call that Angonia Camp. Yeah, Angonia River Camp. Yeah. So we get a lot of tourists who come and just enjoy Which the is river. crazy because there's nothing else around here. Like there's the bush and then there's Sigoma. So there's a small little town nearby mm-hmm. and stuff. But like people are passing through. How long do you think they're driving for until they land here? So I'm actually set from South Africa, which is about 1,200 kilometers, which is what? 600 miles. 600 miles. 700 miles. And this is like a perfect destination, perfect, you know, stopover. Yeah. You know. Wow, that's amazing. That's so, so cool. So what does Trail Missions do? Like, what do you what do you guys do? There's a ton of, ton of different ministries out there. There's ones that, you know, build buildings or ones that come and just feed people or one that's like more medical missions. Like, there's evangelizing missions. So, like, what does Trail Missions do? What, prim- what primarily are you guys passionate about? So... Um, our tagline actually explains who we are and what we do. So the tagline for True Missions is find them, yeah. train them, send them. Mm. So we, we try to have a balance between uh, evangelism and discipleship. Yeah. So finding them, this is actually the, the first step of what we do, is bringing mission trims. Mm. We bring it from the, mainly from the U.S. We go to the villages, uh, we camp in the middle of nowhere, pitch up our tents, bring our gas stove, our fridges, and just spend anywhere between three to six days straight preaching the gospel. Yeah. And once that that is done, uh, we, we we launch a Bible school. People that got saved, we pick a few from those villages. We train them up to be leaders and pastors, and just evangelize in the villages. And once they've been trained, then we send them back to the villages to pastor the churches that we planted wow. through the mission trip we just took there. So it's not just it's not just a, a short-term mission trip because I know a lot of people. You know, there's this thing about our short-term mission trip, we don't make as much impact as a long-term. Mm. But the long-term vision begins with a short-term mission trip. And that's why everything is birth. That's where the passion is, you know. Yeah. So we, I don't believe in this Mickey Mouth mission trips where you just, you know, go paint a toilet or go dig a hole for <laughs> soccer, you know. Um, uh, no, we, we literally pulling people out of the doors of hell and yeah. just shoving them into heaven. Amen. That's, that's, we're passionate about that. Yeah. You know, so. I don't know which ministry paints toilets, but whatever one does, it's a weird ministry. Uh, you, you'll be surprised. I've known <laughs> mission teams going our mission places, but like, oh yeah, I went on a mission trip and we painted this beautiful <laughs> toilet or this classroom and I'm like, that's amazing. amazing you know? <laughs> and you spend about 30 grand to go paint, you know, yeah. a classroom. You know? Which is so true. So, I mean, like dive more into, uh, this sounds so fascinating. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk from the perspective of someone who's never heard of like a mission trip mm-hmm. like this before. From what I would understand from a mission trip is you go to a place that already has like some kind of church established, already has something already set in place. You go there, you sing songs, you hang with the kids. Maybe you clean up a little bit. Maybe you do some construction of some sort. So like 
what what is the bush like what even is that and what do you mean by like you go into these places and you like do ministry to them like how do you is there language barriers like how long are you out there how do you get how do you go to the bathroom like <laughs> what do you what do you do out there like this sounds kind of crazy well it is a little crazy but it's wonderful yeah. so we literally before a team comes we go out to a village that we've never been to mm-hmm. so we just drive and you show up to this place and you find the headman, the leader of the village. And you say, can we come and preach here? And when they say yes, then we say, hey, can you dig a hole so we can go to the bathroom? Because um, <laughs> we need a spot and cover it with some reeds at least so that we can have a private place. And so then we, um, when we get our teams, we literally go to people who they've never heard the truth about Jesus. And so... Like, they don't know who he is or what he's done for them. So we are so excited to, like, come in. And, and when we when we go to preach, we want to minister to them in every way. Yeah. So we want to give them who Jesus is and what he did. And the Bible says, when you go, cast out demons. You can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And we just want to see God's word work in people's lives. And so we pray for people and we see them healed and we see them set free. And it is just a wonderful way um, to go and open the door of the gospel of Jesus in these places. Yeah. So I want to back up real quick because you said demons and like healing people. But like from what I understand, demons are only in films and like healing people only happen during the times of acts. So what do you, what do you mean? Like this stuff happens out here? Cause I don't see this stuff in America happening. Well, um, in Africa, it's either you believe in the miracles, believe in healing or you're going to die. Mm. Cause some of these places are so far away from like a proper hospital, a clinic, you know? Yeah. So half the people believe in what's called the witch doctor, mm. who's like a spiritual healer or something, you know, right. but it pretty much mixes his power with the devil. So, mm. uh, so when we come in, we, we believe the word of Jesus. We say when you go to preach, lay hands on the sick, yeah. cast out devils. There's a lot of devils out there, you know, yeah. um, and we just believe the Bible and we've seen amazing healings. Um, and, you know, the cool part of what we do is it's it's like when we come into a village, you can feel darkness. You can feel a sense of mm. just, just darkness. But when, when you bring the gospel, it brings a light and people's... Uh, on people's faces, their countenance changes. There's joy. For example, we met a guy at one of the in the village where we just came from who had beads all around his neck. Mm. And I went over to talk to him and I said, "Dude, what's the deal?" He said, "Well, I was sick, and the witch doctor gave me these beads." And I asked him, "So, are you? Have you been healed?" He said, "No, but I'm still hoping maybe I'll get healed." Mm. And he's been putting them for a few years now. Yeah. So, meaning he's just is bound and and he's just under the influence of the of the devil. So you can imagine if we didn't show up to the village, this guy would never know truth and he'll continue wearing these beads. So we came in and we told him, so there's a a person called Jesus who can Mm. take your pain and sickness away. And the guy says, sure, I want that. So we told him, well, you got to take your beads off and took them off and we prayed for him. And he says, oh, it's so weird. The pain in my shoulder is gone. It's gone, Mm. you know. So we we see it here in Africa. We believe it and we, we encourage our team to see it and 90% 90% of our teams actually experience the healings yeah. that we, I'm talking about and, and casting out our devils. Yeah. So it's really amazing. Wow. Yeah. And we can speak from testimony with this, Christian. Like, we've mm-hmm. just experienced some of this in the bush. What's your? I've been doing this for a few years now with them. So what's your experience the first time we're coming in on this? What you've been experiencing? Yeah. So this past week was the first time I've ever done a mission trip. First time I've ever preached the gospel. First time I've ever shared testimony. 
really with people other than like in conversation in the States, like getting coffee with anyone. And so my expectations coming into it were kind of, I tried to come in with no expectations, like without an idea of what was going to happen or what it was going to feel like. And, you know, I had ideas of like what I thought base camp would look like and what I thought we were going to be doing, but it wasn't like a super clear picture. And, and when I, when I thought, like when I had the image of my, in my mind of walking in the bush and preaching the gospel to different villages, it was pretty similar to what you would think of if you were to envision it like a movie. Um, in that we literally, our, our team of 18 people, I believe it was, we split into smaller teams of four or five. And then we went with a translator and we literally walked through the bushes. The grass is like six to 10 feet tall here. It's insane. And there's a lot of bugs and the bushes are pokey and it's very sandy. And so it's like exactly what you think of, like walking through Africa and you're just walking and, and you see nothing. And then all of a sudden you come across like these huts that are made out of mud and sticks and Sometimes they're made, they have concrete, sometimes they don't, and they're surrounded by fences. And you walk in, and these people are, at least the ones that we went to, were so kind. And they were so hospitable. Um, They gave us chairs to sit on, and were so eager to listen to the message that we wanted to bring to share the good news with them. Um, And it was so cool to go in, you know, I I was nervous about, you know, preaching the gospel and having the right words, but at the same time trusted in the word that the Lord would provide the words for me. And, and I knew that going into it, but I hadn't experienced it yet. And so to experience that and seeing how the Lord just like provided, you know, images in my head and, and different stories to tell and and things from the scriptures to use as examples and different stuff in my testimony or the gospel and using things around me and from the villages was like huge for me to experience like just the truth of the word in action um, and was so cool. And so, man, I, it was just so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think the most amazing part by far is seeing people actually call you CJ. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I refuse to call him it. <laughs> well, the night he preached, I mean, he became like a celebrity. Oh, After he literally. Told them, I'm Christian and call me CJ. Everyone's like, CJ, CJ. Well, when we went to go, so we had picked up that old lady and the family and drove them to the bonfire for oh. the night. And when I went to go back and drop them off, there was a bunch of kids out there that thought I was you. And they were like, CJ, <laughs> CJ. And I was like, I'm not CJ. No. <laughs> So I was like, dang it, they're all calling him it. Oh, that's uh, so funny. Yeah, he it's, definitely won the half that night when he preached. He, oh, 100%. I mean, so, it was so funny. Awesome. Dang, yeah. that's so crazy. Well, I mean, you guys have been doing this for a while. You guys have seen teams coming in and out of this thing. Um, what kind of transformation do you see through teams when they come here, their mindset, and when they start, and when you see them leave? Like, what kind of transformation do you see people going through when they come on these trips? Uh, so I'll start, and we can wrap it up. But uh, for me... <laughs> It's it's mind blowing. Yeah. It's like day and night. Mm-hmm. When the kids come, some of these college kids, they they're shy. They've never preached a message at all. Yeah. They've never prayed for anybody. And first day you ask somebody, Hey, can you can you lead devotions or can you preach? Like, oh Jack, I'm not too sure. You know, I'll try and it's like a 
you know, a 30-second message. By the time, it's like second or third day, they're actually fighting to preach. Like, hey, I, I can preach tonight. Say, no, 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 you yeah. preached yesterday. Let's give somebody else. And the transformation <laughs> is just mind-blowing. Wow. You know, the first time they lay hands on the sick, they're a little nervous, you know. By the second, third day, they're just like, oh, Jack, you got to hear this, bro. We made this piece and who couldn't see. We prayed for them and they were healed. I mean, it's just like, whoa, it's like two different people. Wow. And it's just, it's amazing to, to see the transformation. It's pretty amazing. Wow. I just love how God... He like molds people when they first start. Their boldness is like, uh, yeah. Jesus died for your sin, and then all of a sudden they realize no one here cares how you sound when yeah. you preach. They're not even really listening to you because your translator is actually telling them what they need to <laughs> right. hear. <laughs> right. And yeah. so then there's this freedom, and they're like, Jesus, He saved us, and He knows us, and and like the just that change is so beautiful, yeah. and then. Just to watch them, you have people come and they're like, well, God, please heal this person, you know, if you want to. And then they listen to someone else pray and they're like, oh, they told that sickness to go in Jesus name. Well, sickness go in Jesus name. And then, I mean, they totally change the way they talk and the way... You know, here there's so much witchcraft that they already believe. Yeah. There's already a supernatural belief. So you're not trying to convince anyone that the supernatural is there here. They know if right. the witch doctor prays, they may or may not get healed, but they're believing that they're going to. Mm-hmm. So when we come in with Jesus, we're like, God has to be more powerful than the witch doctor because we serve right. the all-powerful God. Amen. And so when we come in with that, we're like, okay, God, this is just beautiful. And so you're just bringing them what they need. Yeah. You're not bringing them something new. Yeah. You're just bringing them the right way to believe. Yeah. And so like when people get that, they just like they're free and they're free to share and they're yeah. excited and mm-hmm. they're just touching everybody and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, be healed. That's crazy. So you got people that come through, they get transformed and they experience life in a whole new way and they leave, they go home. What does trail missions do next? Cause like they come through and they preach and they talk about Jesus and they, they give them Bible. Sometimes we did some baptisms, mm-hmm. but like what happens next in the ministry? You mean us here in Africa or back in America and they go back here for you guys. So, so that's where the training starts. Yeah. So once the team leaves, we go back in with our pastors mm-hmm. and our job is to establish a church. Yeah. Our goal is every area we take a mission team. Uh-huh. When they leave, we need to start a church. Totally. So we go in and establish a church. And then right away, we start discipleship. We start Bible studies. Wow. We start mentoring these people. Mm. I mean, like I said earlier, we pick maybe three or four from that village, bring them to a mission base mm. here in Sioma, where we're going to train them to be leaders and pastors. Wow. Give them a proper uh, theology and, and, and just teaching yeah. to be effective ministers in these villages. Yeah. So we don't just end at, you know, oh yeah, awesome, we had a cool time in the villages, we preached, people got saved, see you in heaven. No, we yeah. actually <laughs> fall up, you know. We, we do fall ups. And, Peace out. <laughs> exactly. You know? The train them has really been my heart in ministry because yeah. I've worked with many organizations and you find people who go out and they do evangelism but then the people... Like a year later, you can go back, you get them all saved again. Yeah. And a year later, you go back and you get them all saved again. And I'm like, well, where will the, where will they ever grow? Where right. will they stop getting saved and actually know who Jesus is? Yeah. And so, I mean, bringing them in, like, we just want to transform people's minds to mm. what the word of God says. Yeah. Because when you have tradition and, and the things that affect you, your mind is like, this is right. And you bring in the word of God and they're like, okay, I see it, but I need to hear it again. 
Yeah. Do you know? And so they need to hear it again and again. And that's where the discipleship comes in, where we teach them and they sit in class yeah. for like three hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon. Wow. And we just pump the word of God in them. Oh. Yeah. And so... They, when they are out of class and they're like, oh my goodness, I learned this and I learned this. And it's the cutest thing because they've yeah. gone from like knowing nothing right. about Jesus to I've learned so much. And yeah, we actually work for like seven or eight months to teach them two wow. weeks out of the month. Um, and then we send them back to their villages. So they Dang. have. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So correct me if I'm wrong, but. You guys had a witch doctor that became a pastor for you guys? Yeah. What, what's the story behind that? That's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, about, I think, five years ago, we went to Lumbe and we were preaching the gospel there. Mm. And on our way back to Mission Base, this guy came running towards our trike. He said, hey, stop, 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 stop. You know, so we're like, man, well, that's so weird. We just finished doing ministry. What does this guy need? So he stopped and, and he came to the trike and he's like, hey, I want to give you guys a piece of property and I want you to build a church. Mm. I was like, what? You know, I'm yeah. like, okay, that sounds cool. You know, let's think about it and start the process. Yeah. So we came to learn that the guy actually who wanted to give us a piece of land was the witch doctor. Wow. You know, so he he kind of accepted Christ on the trip, mm. but he didn't fully surrender, give up his you know witch doctor mm. life. Like, yes, I love Jesus. It sounds wonderful. Yeah. But I mean, he's been doing this for years. That was his livelihood. Right. You know, that's all he had known. That's crazy. So it was kind of like a tough decision for him, but he was like, I want to follow Jesus. Wow. So I looked around my wife and I talked and talked to some of our pastors. He says, I, I want the guy to come to Bible school. Yeah. Amber says, sure, let him come for Bible school. And some of our leaders, like Chuck, he's he's, he's a witch doctor. <laughs> he's coming to like, curse us all. I know. And I'm like, I actually don't care. He, he, Jesus said, the, the, the person who needs the doctor is a sick person. This yeah. guy is sick spiritually. He needs Jesus. Yeah. Let him come. And they all thought it was weird. Like, uh, uh, I don't know how this guy mm. can fit in. He came in and, I mean, obviously it was a little awkward for the first week. And after that, he just plugged in. Wow. And we didn't force him to ban anything or throw away anything. We just, like Ember said, wow. she just kept pumping the word of God. It was so cute. So we had like two weeks where I went off on witchcraft and like having to leave it. And then he stopped coming to school. Oh no. So like my heart was like, oh no, what happened? We lost him. I preached too hard on it. Wow. And then he came like, like three, three class sessions later, he comes back and he comes, he says, I'm ready to burn everything. I want to do it in front of my whole village. Wow. And so, I mean, they I feel like that out, surpasses baptism. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He brought out a live turtle that he used in oh his witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. plus boxes of charms and stuff that he would, like, wow. you know, put together for people. Yeah. And, like, you know, it cost him money for these things. And he yeah. was willing to burn it all for Jesus and live for him completely. And wow. so it was super sweet. Yeah, it was a... Total radical story. That's I mean, incredible. Watching him just move cross over from darkness into light and yeah. wanting to do it publicly in front of the village. Say, I don't want the witchcraft stuff anymore. I want wow. to follow Jesus. And they actually had a little booklet that had the salvation prayer. He says, I want to read this in front of my people. And he read the salvation wow. prayer in front of mm. everybody. Wow. And he's, he's now one of our pastors. And it's just amazing. That's freaking crazy, man. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think it, yeah, go ahead. Um, I think it was really cool getting to walk through the bush with Pastor Lubasi. Mm-hmm. Um, so funny. Like his personality is just a crack up. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but what is even more awesome and a testament to your guys' teachings and trainings and, and everything is just how 
knowledgeable he is of the word. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like spitting off verses left and right, just while we're walking about like, hey, like what's your favorite scripture? And he just like goes through the whole Bible. Just like, I love it all. (laughs) Which one do you want me to start with? (laughs) Exactly. And it's just like so encouraging and inspiring. And and he also talked about, you know, every morning I make sure that I get into the word Mm -hmm. and stay disciplined with that because it's so easy to get distracted by you know, being busy and having things mm-hmm. to do. And and there's so many lessons that we learned just walking with him um, that were like so relevant to our life in America. You know, like the same problems that we face there are the same problems you guys face here, just mm-hmm. in a different manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so cool to learn from that and to see just like how knowledgeable he is and, and how in love he is with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. so awesome. I think what's something so beautiful is like when Jesus talks about the great commission, he doesn't say just to go and like preach to people and just save them. He says like to make disciples of all Uh nations. And you guys just like exhibit that so well in this ministry is that you don't just stop at evangelizing and saving, but like, man, what you see a crocodile or something? It's a boat. Oh, it's a boat. (laughs) Yeah. This is, if if you're listening on the, just the audio version, if you can hear all the birds and stuff like this, cause we're on the balcony outside of their house on the Zambezi and we got dogs and kids and music and TV shows and it's just uh, as, as organic as it gets. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like you guys just, you don't stop there with just evangelizing to them. Hey, playing now. Alpha, come on. Alpha. Alpha. Uh, come on. <laughs> um, Silly dog. Uh, you guys just like, you're so passionate, especially you, Amber, you're so passionate about just like focusing on discipling and making like pastors. I mean, how many, how many churches do you guys have at this point right now? I think about 18. 18 churches. I think that beats any mega church in America right now. <laughs> <laughs> but what's Crazy. so cool is that they're not mega churches and, here. And here's a cool part. We got 18. But I think in about three days, we'll have 19. Because we've been back to the village just came from, mm. and we're going to plant a church, baby. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so good. So good. Um, so cool. Man, just such a testimony to, like, God is moving in this place, and he is here in present in Trail Missions. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was saying, just discipling people is, is just so beautiful. And that's where, like, I just want to speak first to anyone that's listening to this. Like, if you guys have a bad taste in your mouth about short-term mission trips, and if you've never come on one of these before, these are so much different than any other mission trip that I've ever been a part of. And it is just focused on evangelizing, but like it is seed planting and it, you don't have to make the excuse that you can't connect with the people because I've witnessed it myself, just people being able to like connect with the people in the village and like even going out of our way to like go and get them and bring them to like bonfires or um, to like the soccer games and like experiencing the culture within it. I mean, we do so many things from like sharing meals with them to like what we were saying, just doing soccer games. Uh Um, We go village to village to meet with them. We do bonfires at night. Like we have the headman come hang out with us in camp. Like we, we immerse ourselves within this culture and we, we don't only just share Jesus, but like we live Jesus. We drill water wells. You guys drill wells too. I didn't even mention that. Like we drill the (laughs) well water and then we give them living water and real water. And like the, the joy on the kids faces and the parents and the grandmas that came through a grandma that just came out of nowhere while I was filming was just dancing just like out of nowhere (laughs) in the frame. I was like, Oh, okay. Yo, what's up? She started singing and they're dancing. It's such a beautiful thing to witness. So as just kind of like to wrap it up for you guys um, and for this episode uh, and even for like your guys' website to be able to show this for people, like 
why should people come to trail missions? Like why should people come to Zambia and come on a mission trip with you guys? And not even just a two week mission trip. Why is this something that people should pray about and do ministry with and like be a part of something long-term even? I think I'll begin with saying, I don't, I don't ask to do anything else than what I'm doing right now. Mm. It's so fulfilling. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's life changing. So not only do we get to see the locals, Africans transformed, but we actually get to see even the Americans who come on the trip transformed as well. So it's just amazing that you're not just going to, to, to feed a hungry kid. You're not just going to yeah. do some humanitarian work, but you actually have come in here to change history. You come mm. in here to, to, to literally make impact that's going to last forever. Yeah. You know? I would say we are a young organization with a huge vision. Wow. And so that vision we have from here to Angola mm. to reach villages upon villages upon villages. Angola is a country, by the way, not a city. If someone was wondering. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's just in the area, yeah. you know, and there's there's a never ending amount of villages to reach. And there are so many places we want to plant churches. And so we just we really we need people to come and help us and to be with us full time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can train up as many people as we can, but there's still something like that. Um, when you have someone come as a foreigner that they, they bring just this, I want to hear your message because you've come from another place. So what message yeah. can you bring me? And so you just bring that everywhere you go of, mm. I want to go and I want to hear them. And so just because you're from a different place. And so it just, it brings so much value yeah. when you come to each one of us. Mm. And so when we go out, we, we're like, yes, there's people here and they're going to preach the gospel. Yeah. And then teams go and people are like, okay. You know, and when, but when people come again, their yeah. like lives are like, yes, mm. they've come back. They've remembered us. Wow. And so mm. it's really valuable and really important for us, for people to come short term, to come longer term. Yeah. Um, these churches, you know, there's an interim period where they don't have a pastor. Yeah. And so uh, we have, you know, a few trained staff and we have 18 pastors right now. But we're going to have 19 churches in three days. So we need people to come and fulfill, you know, fill that, that void and that gap. And yeah, next year we'll probably have 26 churches. Yeah. And, and like, like the Bible says, uh, the harvest is, is ready. It's plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm. You know, so ask for more laborers. So that's what we're asking for, people who with a passion to come and just save long yeah. term. You know, we, we're looking for more team members. Like you're saying, this wow. thing is growing amazingly. It's like we're doubling every year. Yeah. You know, so we don't, who knows how many teams we're going to get next year. Yeah. And so we need more team members who can come drive the trucks, drive the SUVs, and just take these young people into the villages. You know, wow. so pray about it and I encourage you to come on a short-term trip. And then yeah. that's the beginning of a long-term vision. Right. And I promise you, it's going to rock your world. Yeah. And we even want to teach people to be missionaries. Mm. Like we have that heart to, we can teach you how to drive a four by four and we can teach you <laughs> how to get out of in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can teach you to be a leader of a team and we want to teach that for people so that they can yeah. come and they can help and they can lead others. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. So we yeah. want people to come. And it's not expensive either. I mean, you guys only ask for $1,000 for yourselves. And then if they want to stay even longer, it might be 1000 more or like 500 sometimes. I guess it changes. Yeah. But yeah. it's just that in a flight. 
And then everything else is just like the tourist stuff yeah. that people want to do. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even talk about those things when people come here. I mean, you get to go uh, walk with lions. You get to walk like and ride with an elephant, ride on an elephant. I mean, you get to go to see if a safari, you go to the one of the, the seven natural wonders of the world, Victoria Falls. You haven't even experienced that yet. So yeah. you can't speak testimony to it, but I it's mean, incredible. Yeah, we're literally sitting like four miles away from the second highest falls on the Zambezi. It's literally yeah. Up River. And going near falls. Yeah. falls. It's beautiful, you know? Incredible. So you get to experience a lot of cool yeah. stuff like that. Man, I, I could talk hours and hours and hours about trail <laughs> missions and everything. Because I've been doing this for about four, five, five years now. Uh-huh. I've been on, this is my fourth trip, but I've been doing this for five years with you guys. And yeah. man, the, the potential that this organization has is unlimited with what you guys have and your heart and your passion and the Lord is working in it. And so, um, my encouragement to you guys, if you're listening to this, if you've never considered a mission trip before is like, to don't let fear or doubt get in the way of it. Um, if you guys are concerned about finances, the Lord always provides. Yeah. You work hard. You have teams to support you. We're always here for that. That's one of my main jobs that I do back in the States is I just help develop teams and answer questions and give peace of mind to those with stress <laughs> and fear, whatever it is. I mean, we're traveling right now during a pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can get 50 people here during a pandemic, like nothing can stop us. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you guys to, to pray about it and to think about it. And don't sit on it too long. I mean, like, again, the workers are few and there's, you don't, you're not promised tomorrow. So, I mean, if you have the opportunity to go on one of these things, just do it. Don't even, don't even contemplate whatever else you, you feel like you might just do with your summer, unless you have something like super important, like an internship or something. But if you're just hanging around, like this is a trip that will change your life forever. I mean, I will speak testimony to every single person I've gone on trips with they come back and speak about it. And man, even just like the people this time around were kind of like a little doubtful and like, I don't really know, like, is this going to work out? I'm so many questions. And me and Connor that were leading this trip, were just like, just trust us, like just get here and you guys are going to love it. And lo and behold, they get here and their mind is just being blown left and right from, wow, I did not expect the base to be just so beautiful and to have hot showers. Like I didn't realize we'd have these things and like Amber's cooking. I thought we were going to eat chicken and rice the entire time. We're like fish and Shima. It's like, they didn't know what they're going to eat. And it's like, wow, the bush, like this is kind of like glamping. Like you guys take care of us. And like to, to witness the, the healings and, and the, the salvations and like to cast out demons and to see joy on people's faces when they're, they're freed from this bondage that witch doctors and, and prophets that are false prophets come into their towns and, and preach to them. Like the amount of like, like witnessing you see of God's power in this place is just it is unequivocal to anywhere else I feel like you can go. And of course, God's moving in all other countries. So we don't want to say it's only happening here. But like, Mm -hmm. if you have the opportunity and you have the potential to come on one of these trips, like, you got to do it. Right, Christian? You have to. You have to do it. You (laughs) You don't have an option anymore. There are no options. (laughs) You must do it. (laughs) There are no options. Well, it's getting dark. I think uh, the cameras might not be... um, I adjusted them for a little bit earlier, but they're, they're probably... They're probably kind of dark right now, so we're probably hidden, but uh, they might be able to see the Zambezi, which is beautiful, in our silhouettes, so not a bad view. Um, But uh, if you guys are interested in learning more about Trail Missions, uh, you guys can go to their website, which is trailmissions.net. You can also reach out to me personally. Obviously, this is part of the Vessels podcast, so you can reach out through the Instagram of Ask Us Why. Um, you guys can also go to um, an Instagram that's soon going to be created for us, which is going to be, I believe, Trail Missions, as long as that Instagram yep. name is available. I hope it is. If not, it'll be with two S's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even more than that, like you guys are on Facebook, uh-huh. Jack Matutwa, which is M U. 
T-U-T-W-A. And then Amber Matutwa as well, which is M-U-T-U-T-W-A. And Drumish is on Facebook as well. And Drumish is on Facebook as well. So there's there's plenty of ways to get involved, to ask questions, to, to see what it's like. We always do our trips in the summertime. Typical trip is about two weeks, but you are more than welcome to stay longer. I've done a month. I was supposed to do three months last year. Um, COVID happened, and then I got married, and a lot of things changed. But like... <laughs> That was the whole goal is like, because I knew exactly that. It was like, mm-hmm. this is the only year I feel like I'm going to be able to do it for this long for a while. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. And even that didn't work out. But like, that is just testimony to like, if you have the time to do it now and you don't know what the future holds for next year, like now is the time to go because yeah. you never know what next year is going to hold for you. So thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out and joining us on this beautiful patio on the Zambezi River. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode and uh, we will catch you in the next one. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out.